Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What's going on? And Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. What is going on? <laughs> what is ongoing? Uh, 12 games on this episode is what's going on. The uh, most we've yeah. ever done, I think. <laughs> That's what we're going to be going on uh, in this episode, going through every single matchup for Thursday and Christmas Eve, because uh, Christmas is upon us. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to all of you, and uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we are the Fantasy Football Fathers. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Um it's been a while since I've said this, so I guess I'll just give a little brief background. Uh, it's a fairly new podcast. We started recording um, beginning of last season, right? Yep, before yep. the off season. Yeah, yeah, and uh, something like that. <laughs> Either way, it's only been about a year and a half, and uh, so. What we do here is we typically have a couple beers and talk fantasy football. And uh, it's a bit of a meat, meat and potatoes show with not a whole lot of fancy noises and bells and whistles, but that's uh, just the type of guys we are, I think. Right, boys? That's just Hell yeah. is. Yeah, meat yeah, yeah. and beer, baby. Meat <laughs> and beer. <laughs> that is. Um, so anyways, um, like I said, we're going to be covering all the Christmas Eve matchups and the Thursday night game on this show, going through kind of all the news and notes for each matchup, who we would start, who we would sit. And, uh, it's, it's crucial. It's crunch time because we are now in the second round of the playoffs. Um, and you know, it's, it's win or go home or win it, win and go to the championship. So this is, uh, this is the moment that we've all been waiting for. Hell yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, I guess let's get started with the oh. Thursday night matchup. Um, yeah, coming real up. quick, real quick before we jump in, I do want to, I know we'll get to this game late at one point, but I do want to start off by saying uh, condolences to the Franco Harris family and the uh, untimely passing of of him um you know died this morning at 72 it was unexpected he wasn't dealing with health issues anything like that and the timing of it couldn't be more weird because they're literally celebrating the 50th anniversary of the immaculate reception this weekend uh the, yeah it happened on friday 50 years ago they were going to retire his number it's only the third number retired in pittsburgh um and you know that's a very very storied franchise so they don't retire a ton of numbers there so very sad that you know one of the all-time greats of the game has has passed right before he was about to be celebrated. Yeah, RIP to him. Definitely a great. Um, wasn't a catch though. I'll just say that. Oh, shut up, Raiders <laughs> oh, fan. Come Jesus. on, man. <laughs> <laughs> just give him one day, dude. Jeez. Uh, yeah, rest in peace. <laughs> he lost a legend either way, whether or not Trey thinks it was a catch or not. Um, uh, but it yeah, was rest in peace. That shit was in 280p, and it was still not a catch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Nothing like the holidays. and uh, <laughs> yeah, We're feeling very merry around here. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
it's probably because it's like negative a million degrees outside right now. So that's you know probably what's uh, it's got Trey a little little a little chafed. Uh, it's zero degrees, and my family's from the jungles of the Pacific. So yeah, I'm not very happy right now. all right uh let's get to the thursday night matchup and surprisingly um both these teams have you know quite a bit to play for uh in this matchup uh both trying to sneak into the playoffs the jaguars taking on the jets uh the jets right now are one and a half point favorites the over under is 36 points um, so let's start on the Jaguars side of the ball. Trevor Lawrence is still limited at practice with a toe injury, but is expected to start against the Jets. Um, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, there's probably some people out there that maybe have him as a backup, lost uh, Jalen Hurts. Um, let's say you're in this scenario and you do have both of these guys on your team. Are you starting Trevor Lawrence? without having full disclosure. I mean, it's pretty likely that Jalen Hurts misses the game this weekend, but there's always a chance that he doesn't still because they haven't declared him out yet. Uh, Would you go ahead and start Trevor Lawrence on Thursday without knowing Jalen Hurts for sure is out? Um. Yeah, I would. Um, I I know he hasn't been officially ruled out, but it just doesn't make any sense for him to play in this game. They only need to win one game and over the final three games to clinch the number one seed. Um, that's the only like there's nothing else going on. There's no need to risk him coming back out there to get further hurt. So I would go ahead and, and start Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, he's expected to play this week. So, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, definitely. Uh, Travis Etienne was able to get back on track last week against the Cowboys going for 103 yards on 19 carries. Uh, did not get into the end zone. I don't believe yet. Um, you guys think he keeps this uh, keeps this up against the Jets, who are honestly a formidable defense. They've been good all year, obviously. So, um, what do you? What's your outlook on Travis Etienne against the Jets? Any risks need to be taken, and you got to start him. He gets the majority percent of the carries, and I think you have to do it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's he's been playing too well. Um, I obviously, you know, he had that that stretch of three games here before this last one where he was really struggling. One of them he did get hurt in, so there's that. Maybe he came back and just is more healthy. So he gets too much usage not to use him. I mean, he's a true number one back, which is hard to find in the in you know the fantasy landscape right now. Yeah, for sure. I, I I'm the same. I have him uh, in our dynasty league, and I'm uh, I'm firing him up even against uh, the the tough Jets defense. Uh, But what about the receiving options? Zay Jones has been uh, a late season darling here. Um, Absolutely on fire uh, as of late scoring double digit points in four of the last five games. Um, Three of those games, he had at least 17 points, huge game last week with three touchdowns. Um, But, you know, like I said, this defense is stingy, especially, you know, sauce, Gardner and and their secondaries is very tough. Um, how do you guys value him and uh, Christian Kirk going into this this game on Thursday? Well, isn't Sauce Gardner probably going to be up on Kirk? Uh, Tyler Irby is probably a, a better 
opinion on this, but you know, Zay Jones is the number 19 receiver overall in PPR, number 22 overall in standard leagues. He has plenty of gains with more than 10 targets. He's been playing majority snaps the entire season. It's honestly blows my mind because he was not doing this in the Raiders. Didn't expect this at all. Um, and he's on absolute terror. So let's just say Saz Gardner is on Kirk most of the game. Zay Jones should be you know, worthy of a start, right? I think you can play them both. And surprisingly, I'm pretty sure uh, Zay Jones will actually get more Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner is strictly an outside corner. He never goes into the into the flex or I'm sorry, into the slot. And that's where Christian Kirk actually does most of his work is from the slot because he is the smaller, better route runner where Zay Jones is more your traditional like sized receiver. He's 6'2", 200, where Christian Kirk is 5'. They list him at 5'11". I'm pretty sure he's you know more like 5'10". And probably 190 pounds or so. So you're going to see Kirk more on the inside. I think that's where he can, you know, exploit this defense. Um, where I think you're going to see a lot of sauce Garner on Zay Jones, actually. I'm a little nervous uh, for the receiving options. Like, it's a short week, um, which I don't like ever, really. Um, you know, relying on guys on, on Thursday night games. Um, unless it's, you know, power, like really high high scoring offenses. And then the over-under is pretty low at 36. I don't know, man. I'm a little I'm a little nervous to play guys like Zay Jones and Christian Kirk or even Evan Ingram uh in this in this matchup, but I guess um who would you guys like who would you be starting Zay Jones over, you know, like if you had to decide um Zay Jones or Christian Watson. Zay Jones. That's tough. I'd probably go Watson. Um, he's being used more as the number one, one receiver than Zay Jones is. Excuse me. Um, and so, um, but I would take like Zay Jones over somebody on a more explosive offense than like say like Gabe Davis. You know, Zay Jones or a banged up Amari Cooper. Zay Jones. Once I'd go again. Zay Jones as I would actually lean towards Zay Jones as well. Um, the Browns offense just isn't clicking. At least the passing game's not been clicking much since Deshaun Watson's taken over there. So I would take the hot hand of Zay Jones. Called it. Deshaun Watson sucks. <laughs> um, yeah, the tight end, Evan Ingram, he scored double-digit points in three straight games, including a 33-point game, uh, 33 game against the Titans. Do you guys view him as a must-start top 12 tight end option this week? He has to be. He's had, um, he's been near like the top five, top 10 in catches and snap percentage played all year. He's number six in standard leagues, number four in PPR leagues. The only downfall, he's not scoring touchdowns, but as of late, he is scoring touchdowns. You know, he does have three in the last three games. So you kind of have to start him unless you have a premium starting tight end. You have to do it. Yeah, um, God, I, I hate saying Evan Ingram should be started because like he's the bane of my existence. Existence <laughs> when it comes to tight ends, I, oh uh, God, he he drives me nuts. But I yeah. will have to say that he finishes a top twelve tight end six times this year, um, and one more right outside of the top twelve at tight end thirteen, and those have all come in the last ten games. 
So 60% in the second half of the season, he's giving you, you know, tight end number one production. So you should have him in your lineup. It's a tough matchup, but I mean, he's just been playing so well recently. It's hard to, to deny that. And there's so few tight ends to choose from. Yeah. Um, on the other side of the ball, Mike White has been ruled out, so the Jets will be sticking with uh, Zach Wilson as their starter. He was able to take advantage of the poor Lions defense last week, uh, but much, much tougher challenge this week going against the Jets. Um, how do you guys... I mean, the, against the Jags, he plays for the Jets. The uh, Yeah, excuse me, the Jags. Um, how do you Four guys letter think- J-word. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, what do you guys think about this passing game? Uh, Garrett Wilson's still a must-start? Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, <laughs> I know I wrote it, but like the Jaguars' defense isn't that much of an upgrade over Detroit's. Um, they give up. They're the fifth worst against quarterbacks, the 12th worst against running backs, eighth worst against receivers, eighth worst against tight ends. So, I mean, it's an improvement over the Lions, but they're still not great. So I think you're still okay going with Garrett Wilson. Um, and I guess in like you know your super flex leagues or some or your two tight end league, two QB leagues, and yeah, you, know, you can consider Zach Wilson. But outside of that, Garrett Wilson's the guy to go with. Yeah, I totally agree. Last seven games, Garrett Wilson has double digit points in six of them, so he's definitely worth starting. And Zonovan Knight, who's been a late-season revelation as well, uh, he left last week's game with an ankle injury, but he is not listed on the team's injury report. Um, is he startable against the Jags on Thursday? Absolutely. Mm. I mean, up until the injury, he was he was just playing extremely well. It's like this guy came out of kind of nowhere. Like, no one even knew his name, and now he's playing so well that you know, James Robinson is, has literally been a, a healthy scratch last couple of games. So Zonovan Knight should be able to go in there and still give you, you know, a very worthy fantasy day. Where is James Robinson? This is a bullshit. He's but, healthy yeah. scratch, man. I don't know what happened. What, like, I don't know. We, I know we mentioned it, it before, like <laughs> the disrespect towards James Robinson. Like whenever he gets this chance to play, he performs. Why do teams just like don't like him? Like I don't know if it's a personality thing or what, but like for some reason teams don't fucking like him. I don't know what it is either. They picked him up and they're not doing anything with him. It's a fucking disgrace. It wasn't even picking up. They fucking traded for him. Yeah, <laughs> which is well, that's what I'm like saying. they wanted him and then they don't scratch. use him. Yeah, we'll see something on a podcast during this offseason where he talks about how they did him dirty and he wasn't actually injured. I'm calling it right now. <laughs> Um, I, I think Zonovan Knight's still, yeah, a good play, like Tyler said, um, as long as he doesn't have any setbacks um, before the game tomorrow. But it looks like he's on track to, to be good to go. So um, I do have him in one league, and I am starting him in that league. Uh, but my running backs are pretty slim. Let's say you have Rashad White or Zonovan Knight. White or Knight? Ooh. Huh. God, both. Not sound good to me. That's a real tough one. You don't like either would, one? Yeah. I'm not really big on Zonovan Knight. I know he's had some good games, but the snap percentage is concerning to me. And last week he did put up only, you know, I know he, he got injured, but only, you know, 2.3 points before he went down. 
was only averaging 1.7 yards per carry. Uh, my my gut's telling me Rashad White. Hmm. Tell I me mean, why I'm wrong. I I'm honestly I I kind of see them both in on the same kind of playing field here. I think they're very similar backs. I don't think you'd really go wrong with either. Um, they both have good matchups. Rashad White is getting more involved in the offense, especially in the passing game. So I don't know. I would just say I think you could honestly flip a coin, and they're probably going to end up being. I it's just I I see them both get off being the like, feds. All right, fuck. You want me to pick one? I'll go with I'll go with Zonovan. <laughs> but I think, but I would literally, if I was ranking them this week, yeah. I bet you I'd have them within two or three posi- you know, ranking points of each other. It'd be very, very close. That's why I chose them because I see them very similar this week as well, and I actually have both of them in that in that league I was referring to. So I'm trying to make that decision before tomorrow, and it's been a tough one. Um, dude, if you want Rashad fantasy White, just fucking ask us, dude. <laughs> Rashad White. They're playing the Cardinals, who are starting a fucking third string quarterback. Yeah, hopefully the Bucks get a nice lead, and they use Rashad White. Yeah, the the Bucks and Leeds haven't been too uh, synonymous this year. If they can't do it this week, they don't deserve anything ever. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next matchup. The Texans taking on the Titans. The Titans are four-point favorites. This over-under is also 36 points. Um, on the Titans side of the ball, Ryan Tannehill is facing an uphill battle to play this week after spraining his ankle last week against the Chargers. Um, this is the same ankle that he sprained earlier in the year. Um, new reports are saying he may be done for the rest of the season. The team seems to be preparing to start rookie Malik Willis. Um, luckily, uh, they are playing the Texans this week, um, who have been pretty bad. And Derrick Henry has absolutely dominated every time he sees them. Um, so he should have a big game, even if they put all 11 defenders in the box, says Tyler Baker Beherbach. That um, box. So, yeah, oh. I mean, <laughs> at this point, the only guy you're putting in the box is Derrick Henry, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. Um, luckily, I mean, this is one of those games that looks like it's going to be greatly affected by weather. Um, luckily, neither one of these teams passed the ball at all, so it shouldn't affect any uh, fancy relevance. Um, just to go over it, though, they're saying, 18 degrees at kickoff, a real feel of 7 degrees with 12-mile-hour winds and 24-mile-hour gusts. Um, this will be actually the coldest. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this will actually be the coldest game the Tennessee Titans have ever played at home. Oh, man. So Good Derek, for them. That so was our weather today. So Derek Henry's going to have 300 yards and five touchdowns probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, no chig especially if Malik Willis is is playing. Um, and really, on the other side of the ball, there's no one I'm starting on the Texans. What about you guys? I would lean towards a no, but you know someone's got to eat. And <laughs> the Texans can't completely shit the bed. They do suck, but they do score. I mean, they did last week. Occasionally. What do you mean? I mean, no one like there was not a single fantasy relevant player that last week that like had a good game. Yeah, that's it's kind of what's good now. Yeah, they do suck, but Dare Ogunbowale did dominate the backfield. Didn't do shit with it, but he had the majority carries. 
Yeah, but so, he's playing the Titans, who have one of the best run defenses in the in the entire league. Someone's got to do something. It's the playoffs. <laughs> if you're desperate, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this: someone doesn't have to do a damn thing. Um, the Texans are just that bad. Yeah. I believe you, but I'm just I'm playing devil's advocate here. I, yeah, I, yeah. I like how your devil's advocate went for eight rushes for 14 yards last week. I told you they sucked. I said, I said, dairy cow, dude, just fucking yeah, chugging cow. along. <laughs> uh, all right. The Seahawks taking on the chiefs in Kansas city. The chiefs are 10 point favorites. Wow. Tyler, how's that feel? Um, I mean, the way we've been mm-hmm. playing deserved. Okay. Over under is forty nine points. This is okay. another bad weather game. Um, we have Tyler Big Herbie's uh, weather report on on standby. Uh, I, we sure we, we sure can? do. Uh, okay. Kickoff <laughs> kickoff temperatures be sixteen degrees. The real feel is eleven degrees. Nine mile an hour wind uh, winds with gusts up to twenty two. They do say it's supposed to be sunny though, so it's not going to be overcast. Just cold and windy. Uh, I, I think you I think you really missed a. a a calling we gotta <laughs> get you a green screen and get you like all set up with <laughs> a pointer and everything and you can really like show us the systems as they're moving in yeah dude that was that was that was good um <laughs> so it's gonna be cold and windy sounds like which windy is the worst um when you're playing football at least when you're trying to throw the ball around like the chiefs do um but let's start on the other side of the ball on the Seahawks. Kenneth Walker the third did miss practice on Tuesday um, with his sprained ankle. Uh, he played last week and said there was no setback. Sounds like this was just a rest day, um, so he should be good to go Saturday. But uh, I think he was limited today as well. Um, so what's the word then, our local Seahawks guy? Um, he actually missed practice again today. So it's back to back days that he's missed. So that's obviously a little concerning. Um, cause it basically means that tomorrow is the last day is a chance to suit up. Um, uh, the reporting from yesterday was saying, you know, they're not wor- worried about his status cause he didn't have a setback. So I think they're just trying to be careful with him, make sure he doesn't agitate it within practice when it's, you know, not worth it. So I still am thinking that he's going to have a pretty good chance of playing. Well, with them, do you think they're going to try to make a playoff push? They're still capable of it. And if they're not, then Kenneth Walker is not a priority for them, right? Well, there's no reason they wouldn't make a playoff push. They're, you know, a half game behind the seventh seed in, in Washington. So um, I wouldn't expect them not to still, you know, make that push. I mean, yeah, no, knowing Pete Carroll, he's not he's not going out there to chalk it up for next season you know he's like 85 years old he wants to <laughs> he wants to take every shot he's got at this point so i imagine they're they're coming out there to play and coming out there to to make a run for the playoffs but uh it's gonna be tough against the chiefs hopefully kenneth walker's healthy and active because he's been uh an absolute animal when when he is so um come on kenneth walker need you need you bud um, for the receivers, Tyler Lockett is officially ruled out this week after having surgery on his broken index finger. Um, so we talked about Marquise Goodwin um, in our waiver wire show a little bit. Um, 
how do you guys see Marquise Goodwin with Tyler Lockett officially out? We like him, right? We've talked about it quite a few times. We think he, he's a decent, viable replacement. He's got big playability, and he has taken advantage of the hit, uh, getting play in time when either Lockett or Metcalf does go down in the middle of a game. I agree. I'm I'm obviously I'm very concerned about the weather. Um, they say it's going to be sunny, which is good. the The breeziness worries me a little bit, but I think for the most part, you're still going to be okay uh, using Goodwin as a flex player. I will say this: I mean, with such a high over under, it, it looks like Vegas isn't that concerned with with the weather. I know it's the Chiefs, um, but you know, still bad weather slows down you know everyone so um but the over under is still set at 49 for this game so obviously vegas still thinks there's going to be quite a few points scored yeah and with that being said that i've looked up some i this article i have uh from all these you know the bad weather games they were going over like kind of the history of games and when it comes to the nfl over the last like 20 years um bad weather games don't really affect scoring so much and poor weather Scoring only drops about two points total per game. It's when you then add in high wins that that's when you really right. see see the scoring drop. So if it's just cold, you should still see a pretty high scoring game. Uh, on the other side of the ball, uh, Nicole Hardman has a good chance to be activated from IR and play against the Seahawks. Um, how do you think his return affects Juju, who has really been pretty pretty good the last? couple of weeks and has been a um a guy that you could rely on but with mccall hardman back do you think it um, affects juju at all is it though i feel like juju's always kind of been the guy all year doesn't really matter who's in, you know in this receiving core they added Kadarius tony and things still didn't change juju smith is still the guy that's getting the ball other than travis kelsey right yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, if you look back, obviously Juju had the slump in the middle of the season as well, but before that slump happened, he was that's week six, seven, and nine because they had a bye week in week eight. Miko Harbin was in all three of those games, and uh, they coexisted just fine. Uh, Miko actually had decent games himself, but Juju is still clearly the front runner here, so it shouldn't affect either one at all. And a big question is the running backs on the Chiefs, mostly because I think Jarek McKinnon's been the RB1 now two weeks in a row. Pretty sure is what I remember seeing. Um, either way, he's had two massive games. Um, he has put up 59 points combined in the last two weeks. Isaiah Pacheco also, you know, he had a solid, if unspectacular, game last week. Um, so how are we – I know there's – a lot of people asking if they should start Jarek McKinnon. I'm a little, I'm a little hesitant. I know that the usage has gone way up, but it's Andy Reid, and just when you think he's doing one thing, he's going to pivot and do something else. It's, it's like clockwork with him. Um, so I'm, I'd be really nervous to, honestly, start Jarek McKinnon uh, this week. Ah. Uh such a toss-up in that backfield. Yeah. Anyway, McKinnon has had some good games. It really goes back and forth. I think we all like Pacheco on this podcast. He was my start of the week last week, but I mean, Jarek McKinnon's really on a tear. 
last two weeks he's got you know 17 targets 15 catches three touchdowns just through the air yeah. and last three weeks he has four touchdowns just feels like a trap <laughs> to me i don't know why but that's my gut reaction yeah honestly i think you can play both of them the seahawks are terrible against running backs uh on that's true in terms of yardage on the ground and yards through the air they give up I think it's the most now. Let me double check that. So they have the fourth most yards given up on the ground and the fifth most yards given up through the air to running backs. So you should be able to see both of them have pretty good games. I think they're they're both give you at the bare minimum flex worthy games, um, which is probably the position you're playing them in anyways. So I think that you sh- shouldn't have any really, really concern playing either one of them. Speaking of the bare minimum. <laughs> where we the next matchup is the Bills taking on the Bears. <laughs> I, I really tried on that one. I was trying. <laughs> I didn't realize what you were doing until I read the next matchup. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Bills taking on the Bears in Chicago. Uh, Buffalo's nine-point favorite. The over-under is 40-and-a-half. This is another shit-weather game. Going to be balls cold. Uh, let's go to Tyler Big Herbie Herbach in the weather center for our <laughs> our weather game update. Well, thanks there, Jimbo. Uh, looks like we are seeing a nine degree <laughs> temperature when it comes to at kickoff, but the real feels gonna be negative fourteen. Very, very frigid. <laughs> He's turning it on. He's turning it on. <laughs> uh, we're gonna be seeing twenty mile an hour winds and up to thirty two mile an hour gusts. We got a winter storm watch going from Thursday to late Friday evening. We are expecting a ton of snow. It's going to be terrible. This is going to be a game where throwing the ball is not going to be great. Hell yeah. Did, did you pass it back to me, Tyler, in the weather center? Or Sorry, I forgot to sign off there, Jimbo. Uh, yeah, you got to sign off. Yeah, you're going to have to sign off next time. All right. Uh-huh. So get your Actually, you, Jim, in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Trey. Um, yeah, Dawson Knox on the Bills side. He's been making a, his presence known, uh, getting in the end zone, which, you know, that's what he does. Um, last couple of weeks, he's scored 30 points combined. Um, you know, a bit of a TD-dependent tight end, but do you think he does it again um, against this Bears defense? Who fucking knows, right? Let's just be honest here. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you can start him, um, but yeah, I mean, it's the tight end position. It's, you know, it's really a toss up with, with all these guys. So just, you know, hope he gets in the end zone, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be tough. I mean, the weather with this game is specifically, it gets cold. It's going to be stormy, snowing, more than likely extreme wind. This is one of those ones that just doesn't bear, you know, very well for the passing offenses. (laughs) So obviously you're still starting Stefan Diggs, um, even if you know the weather is shit. But he has to be started, I, I think. Um, but uh, Gabe Davis, because of the weather, I think I'd be okay with with going ahead and finding another option. Um, so yeah, I mean, really, Stefan Diggs, and that's it. What about anyone in the backfield? Cook or Singletary? Uh, I don't want to, but they're probably going to run the ball more. <laughs> so, so I mean, maybe, 
I, I don't know. <laughs> like, all right. All right. <laughs> sorry, not, I don't have very good analysis well, on this one. Like, I have no fucking idea, man. I'll just say this. Singletary has been getting more carries in the last few weeks. Um, so if they do run the ball more, it seems like they are going to lean towards Singletary. In the last three weeks, Singletary has 34 carries compared to James Cook having 23. So Singletary seems like someone they do lean on when it comes to the running the ball. Uh, Justin Fields and David Montgomery were able to play, uh, were, were both were able to both have good games against a, a very <laughs> tough defense in the Eagles uh last week they have another tough matchup this week against the bills um do you guys think they can do it again dave montgomery has been super solid so i don't see why he wouldn't be able to repeat it especially in a game where you know it's going to be a tough outdoorsy game you know right off of lake erie or wherever the fuck it is one of those great lakes in chicago um (laughs) And Justin Fields, very dominant on the ground. Definitely worth starting. You're not going to find many better quarterbacks. Hopefully you're not like me where you're either choosing between Davis Mills or Chase McSorley for your quarterbacks after Jalen Hurts goes down. Ouch. Just nothing good about that. Um, Yikes. (laughs) Yeah. No, actually, you know, when it comes to a quarterback that I'm okay still playing in shitty weather, it's got to be Justin Fields, right? Like, he, they don't throw the ball much with him anyways, but he runs the hell out of it. I think him and, and Montgomery should both still have, you know, pretty decent days here. All right, let's move on to the Saints taking on the Browns. The Browns are two-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under is 32-and-a-half points. And would you look at that? We got another tough weather game. Let's go to Tyler Big Herbie Herbach in the weather center for the Saints and Browns weather update. Tyler, are you there? Oh, I am here. James, thank you very much. Uh, so at kickoff, we are looking at a frigid 12 degrees. Even worse on the real field, we're talking about negative 18 degrees Fahrenheit. That is just bone chilling. You want to talk bone. about wind? Wind? 29 mile an hour wind. With 63 mile an hour gusts. I'm sorry. Did you hear that? 63 mile an hour gusts. I can't hear you over these wind gusts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They're saying it's going to be cloudy. It's going to be snowing. Um, This is going to be the first game since last year's Bills Patriots game with wind consistently over 25 miles an hour. And as if you guys remember, the Patriots in that game threw the ball three times. So uh, wow. this is going to be another game. It's all on the ground. You should see, you know, very good games from Kamara and Chubb. Back to you, Jim. Thank you. All right. Back uh, to me. Uh, yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, love the analysis there. You know, I think uh, I think we're going to bring him on as our full time weather guy. So uh, great job there, Tyler, in your tryout. Uh, Chris Alave has not practiced yet this week with a hamstring injury. Uh, Thursday is his last chance to get some practice time in before the game on Christmas Eve, as obviously they'll be doing walkthroughs on Friday. Um, Alave's production has started to falter in the last few weeks. Um, I think mostly due to that, that quarterback play, but, and, and really this offense as a whole has not been great. You think it's time to, to sit him in the semis? I'm not taking that risk in the playoffs with, you know, that kind of weather that Tyler was talking about and the fact that he, uh, Chris Olave has not practiced this week. 
um, if you don't have to take that risk, you definitely should not be doing it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Alvin Kamara, is he absolute I mean, must? I mean, he's a must start because of the name, but it's been it's been rough. Yeah, it just it seems like you know with this game, he's gonna get a ton of rushing attempts, and even if the defense knows it's coming, the Browns aren't a very good rush defense as it is. Um, so I think you're gonna see Kamara have a good game. Okay. Yep. Uh, Nick Chubb on the other side of the ball has not practiced yet this week with a foot injury. The team doesn't seem overly concerned, um, and his status for Saturday is not really in doubt. He's, you know, I think he's earned that that right to go ahead and sit, and really doesn't need to practice uh, before a game um, to go out there and have a good game. So if, if he's healthy and active, it seems like this would be a, um, a great game for Nick Chubb for sure due to the weather. Um, any, anything different from you guys? Nope. No. Hey, it sounds about right to me. Uh, Amari Cooper also did not practice on Wednesday. The team chalked it up to a rest day as he's been dealing with some nagging injuries the last few weeks. Um, he's not been very productive though, since Deshaun Watson took over at quarterback, um, really this offense as a whole hasn't, um, with 30 mile per hour winds, cold as shit. Uh, do you take a chance on starting Amari Cooper this week? No, you don't. Zay Jones over Amari Cooper, right? We already did that one. Yeah, I think we did. And that was before we got the outstanding Mm -hmm. weather report. So for sure, still Zay Jones. Bring Jacoby Reset back. Let's start a GoFundMe. This is bullshit. <laughs> I think he's getting paid plenty to be the backup. I don't think we need a GoFundMe to get him to start. <laughs> oh, I need it for Amari Cooper because I have him <laughs> in a couple of weeks and I need him. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on. The Giants are taking on the Vikings. Um, no worries about weather here because the Pussy Vikings play in a dome, but uh, the Vikings are four-point favorites, and the over-under is 48 points. Sorry, that's just a Packers owner talk there. Um, we have been teased what? in the last month by Giants wide receivers, but it all came crashing back down to earth last week, so uh, we are fully back on the Saquon or bust bus, correct? Absolutely. I don't think we were fooled. Yeah, I think- yeah. I don't think we were fooled though. Like we, I mean, uh, what's his name? Richie James. He's been emerging kind of, and we talked about him a little bit, but it's not like we loved him. Yeah, uh, him and Darius Slayton both put a put together, you know, a game or two here in the last like month that you're like, hey, you know, maybe I should consider him. But we never even wanted to pick him up off the waivers. It's just one of those guys like, hey, think about it. <laughs> think yeah, about if you if you're feeling risky, get one of these guys. But we've been saying. It's like the it's Groundhog's Day talking about the Giants. I swear, it, it's Saquon or bust. It's been yeah. like that for fifteen or sixteen weeks now. Yep, I agree. Not only you know have I not started any Giants receivers all year, I haven't even rostered one uh, in any of my leagues. So, yep, yeah, there's that. Um, on the Minnesota side of the ball, um, as we all know, they had the largest comeback in NFL history last week against Jeff Saturday's Colts. Um, does the offense continue to ride that momentum, or do you think they fall flat against the Giants? I mean, they are playing at home, and 
uh, I don't know if you guys saw this stat. Kirk Cousins is the first per, uh, quarterback to throw for more than, I think, either 300 or 400 yards in just the second half alone since 1950. Did you guys see that one? I did not. That's a pretty good stat, though. Did not either. Nice pull. Yeah. And, you know, in the last four weeks, he's been typical Kirk Cousins, but he's been very consistent overall. He's number eight in standard or PPR leagues. Has a couple of duds this year, but he's definitely worth starting. You, you can't really avoid it. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I, if I, I'm be completely honest. This just kind of seems like one of those times, just because I we've seen it too often from Cousins and the Vikings themselves, that they could just kind of be like, oh, man, last week was so good. Let's go ahead and take this week off. We're just playing the Giants, right? And then they kind of come out here and not play very well. So I'm a little concerned about that. Obviously, you're not going to not start Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, T.J. Hawkinson. Um, those are all guys, regardless of situation you're you're playing. Um, but I'm a little worried about Kirk Cousins following up, you know, last week's big win uh, this week. It's not a primetime game, though, so he should be fine. <laughs> Fair point. And uh, what about Adam Thielen? Three touchdowns in the last four weeks. You chasing those points at all? No, we've talked about this so many times. I think since we've done this podcast, very touchdown reliant. Yeah, if you have to play him, it's not a horrible play, but you're you're really relying on him scoring a touchdown. Yeah, and with you know the full slate of games this weekend, there's not really any major wide receiver injuries out there right now. There should be just better options for you to throw into your wide receiver two and flex position. All right, let's move on then. Um, the Bengals taking on the Patriots in Cincinnati. Uh, the over-under in this game is 41.5 points. And, man, the weather center has been busy this week. We got to go to Tyler Big Herbie <laughs> Herbach again in the weather center for the Bengals-Patriots weather update. Thanks, Jim. I'm uh, really uh, busting a sweat over here, even though it's zero <laughs> degrees outside. Um, we're looking at 24 degrees at kickoff, a uh, real feel of 12, so pretty cold. Not as cold as some of these other games we're seeing out there, but uh, we have a pretty consistent 14-mile-an-hour winds with gusts up to 40, though. It could get pretty windy. The kicking game might see some issues. But other than that, it should be sunny just with some breezy, possibly a snow shower sometime in, during the game. Back to you. Oh, well, thank you, Tyler. I appreciate that update and all your hard work in this freezing cold temperatures. Someday we'll get you an indoor studio so you can do all your work <laughs> indoors like the Minnesota Vikings. Tyler is actually reporting from outside up here in the Pacific <laughs> Northwest, and it is zero degrees. So <laughs> doing the do. He's a, he's a true weatherman at heart. Um, let's start on the Cincinnati side of the ball. T. Higgins was a full participant in practice after dealing with the hamstring injury. Thank you, God. Um, fellow wideout Tyler Boyd was also at practice fully after dislocating his finger a couple of weeks ago. So both those guys should be ready to go. Um, obviously, T. Higgins, an automatic start. Uh, but what about Tyler Boyd? tough weather do you think he can do enough to be worthy uh probably not this week um as as good as this offense isn't as explosive as they are it's just a tough matchup man new england's pretty stout all the way across the board um i just don't see a whole lot of production for the number three receiver in the offense 
Obviously, he has the possibility of scoring a touchdown, um, but I'm not gonna be gonna be banking on that in the playoffs. Yeah, <clears throat> I feel the same. Um, on the other side of the ball, I mean, obviously, you're starting Joe Shiesty, you're starting Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, all those guys. Um, on the other side of the ball, Ramon J. Stevenson was limited at practice on Wednesday with the ankle injury that kept him limited in practice all last week. Uh, he did play last week and did not seem to favor the anchor ankle at all. Um, his status for this weekend is is not in doubt. He will be uh, ready to go. So confident in Stevenson, looking for other options. Um, how are we feeling about him? You know, it's not. It's it's a bit of a tough match. Cincinnati's defense is pretty solid, um, kind of kind of across the board here. So it's going to be a tough matchup. But he's playing too damn well. I mean, he's basically this entire offense right now. So it'd be way too hard not to have him. You know, as as one of your starting running backs. That like he's well above flex territory here. Okay. Um, Lions taking on the Panthers. The Lions are two and a half point favorites. The over under is 44 points. And I don't think Tyler in the weather center has frozen over yet. I think we got a couple more games to cover. Hopefully he's not, um, induced into hypothermia yet. Tyler, uh, over there in the weather center, you still with us? Can you give us the update on the Lions and Panthers up, uh, weather update? I am still here, Jimbo, and uh, appreciate your concern. Uh, honestly, this game, uh, it's like going to the Bahamas compared to a lot of the other games. We're talking about 33 degrees of kickoff. Come on, that Jeez. ain't too shabby. 25 Jeez. degrees degrees for, for the real feel. Wind slightly high, 9 miles an hour, nothing too crazy. It's supposed to be sunny, though. Should be good football weather. Back to you. Ooh, I like the sound of that. Uh, Jamal Williams seems to have taken a backseat to DeAndre Swift. Um, this team is making a serious push for the playoffs. And so, you know, if it's ever DeAndre Swift season, it should be right now because they have to, to win. Um, and the last few weeks they have been leaning more towards DeAndre Swift. Um, he was having an incredible TD run in the middle of the season. Um, do you think he can give flex worthy play the rest of the playoffs? Uh, or are you still going to stay away from Swift? Uh, Williams. Oh, Williams. My, my apologies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Williams is one who's having that crazy touchdown, you know, run over the middle of the season where he was just scoring one yard touchdown after one yard touchdown. Um, it was weird the way it worked out but yeah i mean recently I, I i mean he's just not been playing that well he's getting still similar touches but all of a sudden his yards per average has significantly dropped now that it was great during most season but he's you're talking about the last two games averaging less than two and a half yards a carry so i just don't like where you know which way he's trending carolina is a, a pretty tough defense surprisingly and so i think i'm staying away from jamal williams are you rolling with DeAndre Swift though? Because it yes, got it. They're both not getting like very consistent work. I know DeAndre Swift does get the receiving work, which you know pads his points by four or five points a week. But both of them are basically not getting more than forty percent of snaps played. I'd say the thing with with Swift though is like he can bust a huge play at any moment. So 
his snap percentage and number of touches isn't as meaningful as Jamal Williams. Like Jamal Williams needs work in order to be fantasy relevant, especially he needs work in the red zone and the goal line. Um, whereas Swift at any moment could bust off a, a 60 yard run, um, you know, at any time. So I would, I would have to lean, you know, I would, I would agree. Uh, I would, I'm happy to start Swift again um, against the Panthers and sit uh, Jamal Williams. I think that's a matter of preference because you have to decide, you know, which which part of the Lions' uh, offensive game you like. Obviously, you know, Swift has the a big playability and he's a receiving guy, but he's definitely not getting a majority of the touches. Like running wise, you know, last two weeks Jamal Williams has twenty nine carries compared to DeAndre Swift's fourteen. It's it is a huge gray area right now. I would say their backfield. Yeah. Um, yep. For sure. Uh, DJ Shark was starting to make some noise uh, in the receiving game as a flex player, but uh, floundered last week, only getting. Two targets, one reception for 18 yards. Um, startable this week? Fuck. Yeah, I feel the same way, man. It's <laughs> uh, it's dicey. I actually kind of felt like he was starting to really emerge in the offense, and now I don't know what to expect. So I think I'd be too worried to throw him in there. Just, just Even though it's been it was just the one week, but I mean, he only had two good games, I guess, as well. So yeah, I think I'm gonna stay away. I would, um, but if your if your hand is forced to play DJ Shark as a flex, not the worst play in the world. He does play a lot of snaps for him and does get a good amount of targets when he does play. The weather is definitely gonna come in, into play here, but um, there's definitely worse guys you could have flex and definitely a bottom tier flex. I would say very very bottom tier. All right. Um, obviously, Amon Ra, you're starting, um, and that's probably it for that side of the ball. On the other side of the ball, the Panthers. I mean, no one. I really am, am excited to start. Deontay Foreman had ten ten carries for nine yards last week. Uh, finished with negative point one fantasy points. I mean, Shuba Hubbard, DJ Moore. I just don't want to start any any of these guys. They have been running the ball really well. Um, besides last, last week. week. Yeah, but before that, you know, they were on a nice little tear of moving the ball really well, especially after getting rid of Christian McCaffrey. Um, if there is someone you're going to roll with, it's probably going to one of the guys in the backfield between the Chuba Hubbard or Deontay Foreman. And Deontay Foreman, I think, is the guy you have to roll with right now. Yeah, I would agree. I, I love the the... Headline for Chuba Hubbard on Sleeper says Chuba Hubbard leads team with 10 rushing yards versus Steelers. <laughs> oh my God. What yeah, an accomplishment. Deontay Foreman had 10 rushes. He had more rushes, the same amount of rushes as Chuba Hubbard's yards. He had 10 carries for nine yards, negative 0.1 fantasy points. Deontay Foreman. It's terrible. Um, but I do agree with Trey. Um, if I'm going to pick somebody to roll with in this in this Panthers offense, it's definitely going to be Foreman. All right, the Falcons taking on the Ravens. The Ravens are seven-point favorites. The over-under is 36.5 points. And man, oh, man, 
The weather is bad this weekend. We might have to kick it over to Tyler Big Herbie Herbach in the Fantasy Football Weather Studio for the Falcons at Ravens weather update. Tyler, are you with us? I am here, Jim, and I'm uh, I'm running out of breath. There's been a lot of reports. <laughs> I can't feel my fingers, Jim. <laughs> I'm not sure how much more I can take of this. Um, so... <laughs> We're looking at 22 degrees at kickoff, a very frigid 8 degrees for the real field. Those that wind chill is going to be moving. Uh, we're talking about 14 mile an hour winds and up, gusts up to 33 miles an hour. little fun fact here. The Falcons have not won a game when the kickoff temperature was below 25 degrees since 1966. Wow. So uh, I believe the Falcons are probably going to lose this game, and I would say fantasy production is minimal. Back to you, Jim. Wow, pulling out just golden stats right out of the ice. Uh, you gotta, you gotta appreciate the effort out there. Yeah, that was back when you had a motherfucker out there, literally just holding a thermometer in the air. That was actually cold as fuck. That was actually Tyler's uh, great grandpa out there. He's doing that for him. Yeah, it's for my grandson, so he could tell us the, the weather updates. <laughs> Um, all right, Desmond Ritter was held to just 97 passing yards uh, in his professional debut, but 70 of those yards did go to Drake London. Um, so the the young fellas do have a connection, could be blossoming, could be the future of the Falcons, uh, but how do you see them performing this weekend, and are you relying on that uh, connection at all and starting Drake London? I think that's promising, right? The fact that, you know, uh, Desmond Ritter definitely struggled through the air and Drake London still had 70 yards on 11 targets and seven catches. Very low yards per catch. You know, we're talking like 6.3 yards per catch, but it's something to build off of. Going into the playoffs this year, I wouldn't want to rely on it. But once again, if you have to, it's definitely not the worst case scenario. Um, I, would not want to start Drake London in any league, though. I'll just say that. Definitely do not want to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like relying on him, like if somehow you're in the playoffs and Drake London has been a consistent part of your offensive lineup, I would love to see the rest of that, that team because uh, <laughs> it's got to be stacked. Yeah, no shit. Um, yeah, so I would avoid that. Um, as a whole, we hit it pretty heavily, uh, in the waivers, but how do we see the Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier, um, combination playing out this week? Tyler, how do you like Tyler? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going to, you know, I, more I thought about it, the more, I just feel like my initial thoughts of this were, were accurate when we talked about it on waivers. I think you're still going to see a 50, 50 split here. Um, you know, just like we've seen for the last, what, five or six weeks since Patterson has come back from IR. And I don't see either one of them actually be able to have a very good game. The Ravens have the best run defense in the league since trading for Roquan Smith. It's really not even that close. Like, he's been a complete difference maker there. It's just, it's going to be too tough for either Algier or Patterson to have, you know, good games for you. I would agree. Jim, you brought this up before the podcast. Uh, we were actually asked this on Twitter. What was it, Tyler Algier or uh, Latavius Murray? Or Latavius Murray this week. And I think all three of us wanted Latavius Murray over Tyler Algier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, someone reached out, um, and yeah, and they asked that uh, who should they start, and uh, yeah, I think we all agree Latavius Murray is the clear um, choice there. Um, J.K. Dobbins on the other side of the ball is officially off the injury report for the first time all season. Uh, J.K. has totaled 245 yards in the two games since coming back from IR. Uh, do you guys think he keeps it rolling against the Falcons? Bad weather game, a team that likes to run the ball anyways. Not a great defense. Is this a positive game script for J.K.? Why? Why wouldn't it be right with, with the weather output and the fact that you know he's been taking complete advantage of his carries in the last two weeks, which is crazy. He has you know 155 yards in the last two weeks, and he's touched the ball 18 times, averaging eight and a half yards per carry, something like that. Yeah, in a in a tough weather game, why why wouldn't you like J.K. Dobbins, especially with Lamar Jackson being out? Oh, well, we don't know if he's out yet. He's questionable right now. Yeah. Okay, so he might come back, which definitely changes the picture a little bit. But J.K. Dobbins, we were talking about this last week, right? Like before he went down, he I think he's averaging six yards per carry or some crazy shit on his career. Yeah. Um. So even if Lamar does come back, I I think you have to start J.K. Dobbins, don't you? Yeah, I would think so. Because even with with Lamar there, you would think that they're not going to want him to run the ball too often, you know, coming off of the knee injury. So, yeah, I think that that J.K. is going to be a very solid play for for anybody this week. J.K. or Latavius Murray depends if Lamar's back. Um, if Lamar is back, I like Latavius. Ah, man, that's such a close one. That's really tough. I think I'd I go J.K. either Latavius way. Murray. Uh, think I think so? I think regardless of Lamar being back or not, I think I'd go go J.K. Um, I like the matchup more. Um, you know the 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 Broncos are playing the Rams, who they're not a great defense, but they're they're still relatively stingy against the run. So I like the matchup against the Falcons a lot more. That's a good point. I I you convinced me. I'm leaning on your side, J.K. Sold. Uh, Commanders taking on the 49ers in San Francisco. The Niners are seven-point favorites, and the over-under is 38 points. Um, Antonio Gibson on the Commanders' side of the ball was limited at practice on Wednesday, but looks like he should be good to go for Saturday. He's clearly behind Brian Robinson on the pecking order in the backfield, uh, but both backs are going up against um, the toughest matchup in the league. I'm not starting either one of them. Would either of you? No, I don't think you can. I mean, as well as Brian Robinson has played really the last couple of weeks. And I mean, I think he's played pretty well where, you know, you could have him in your lineup. But I mean, the Niners are just so damn tough against against everybody. It doesn't really matter what position it is or who they're playing. They just don't give up a ton of points. So, yeah, I think you got to sit both of them. Was it the Niners we were talking about last week that they're giving up 13 fantasy points total to backfields on average? This is like uh, entire yeah. backfields. Yeah, 13.8 so points. I'm sorry, 13.1. It's 13.8 points to quarterbacks. Yeah, so obviously they kill it against running backs. And, you know, even if the RB1 finishes with 10 points, that's the, pretty much the best you can expect for a running back against the 49ers. Mm hmm. 
So temper your expectations. And if it is, it's probably going to be Brian Robinson who does do that, right? Yeah, I mean, if you had to go with one of them, you're definitely picking Robinson. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't bank on it by any means. I would ho- try to find another way of going if I can. But yeah, if you're going to choose one, it's definitely Robinson. And in the passing game, uh, Terry McLaurin. That's it. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I think you kind of have to. He's been, even with the limited passing ability of Taylor Heineke, Terry McLaurin still just tends to give you good games. Um, I know yeah, he's had a couple duds here or there, and I'm a little worried about the matchup, but I think overall he's been too productive across the entire season not to start him. Jahan Dotson has been a little hot, two touchdowns in the last two weeks. He's good, targets. man. Jahan is good. He's going to be a oh, yeah. he's going to be a ball player for a while at receiver. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He looks solid when he does get the ball and when they give him the opportunity. And I just wanted to bring him up just for fun. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it, it's going to be a tough matchup for sure. So you probably yeah. not rely on him, but uh, big playability is definitely there. It's a decent take. And the one thing that, you know, he has that you can't teach is speed, right? Like he has like unlimited speed. So even against a tough matchup, if the Niners don't have someone who can keep up with him, it won't matter. So, I mean... It, that's a very risky play. I don't think it's like a terrible play if you want to, you know, take that like that, you know, that that big play or or bust type of situation. But I don't. I mean, yeah, that's kind of weird. You're like convinced. It's like being convinced. Like as I'm speaking, <laughs> yo, in the in the Soul. eight games that he has played, um, he's scored in five of them. Scored a touchdown in five of them. And we're talking about averaging like four targets a game. So definitely a huge, big playability. Uh, on the other side of the ball, uh, 49ers, uh, Brock Purdy dealing with an oblique and rib injury was limited at practice on Wednesday, but he's really been limited the last couple of weeks. Um, so really no may, uh, big concern that he's not going to play. He should be out there playing Saturday for sure. Um Obviously, Debo Samuel not going to be um, out there. Christian McCaffrey, I think, is dealing with some stuff, but he should be good to go. George Kittle, good to go. Uh, but what about Brandon Ayuk? He did not step up in the absence of Debo Samuel. Only caught two passes for 19 yards. What do you do with uh, B.A. this week? You got to fade him, right? <clears throat> I liked him earlier in the year, but his usage has been decreasing pretty steadily and his yards per catch has been horrible the last like five weeks or so i don't know if they're changing you know their whole approach to everything once christian mccaffrey came in the picture but i I think he's averaging something weird low amount like six or seven yards per catch before christian mccaffrey was in the picture it was well over 10 yards so it things are definitely different right now for brandon Ayuk, and i would not feel comfortable starting him Um, all right, let's move on to the Eagles taking on the Cowboys. Um, big matchup here, uh, but as we all know, uh, well, let's start with the Dallas Cowboys being five-point favorites um, after the Jalen Hurts news and over-under is 47 points. Um, Jalen Hurts, did you guys know that the line for this game was moving like drastically before the news of Jalen Hurts was officially out? 
Did you guys uh, catch that? Explain more. What do you mean? So a lot of people caught on to like that there was something going on with the Eagles because they were favorites, and then all of a sudden the line started moving drastically into the favor of the Cowboys. Oh, like before they was before anyone knew that Jalen Hurts was or hurt, like seriously hurt, and might you know miss the game. So it's just kind of interesting that Vegas and all these books already knew Jalen Hurts was like probably not going to play before. Before the public. Yeah. I mean, they got insider information, you know. They got towel boys and fucking water boys on on right. payroll more than likely, so. Yeah, that's shit. I'd be doing that if I was a towel boy. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Jalen Hurts has not officially been ruled out for Saturday, but he hasn't practiced all week, um, and it's more than likely he's not going to play this week and maybe not even next week. Um so Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew, he's been taking all the first team reps. How do you think the offense performs with Minshew at the helm? Um, they should have their full cast of talent. Dallas Goddard, Goddard well, uh, is expected to be back. He was activated. Um, so Miles Sanders, um, obviously expected to play. AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, um, anyone in those their main weapons that you're not going to start because Jalen is out. My initial reaction is to start everyone you talked about besides Devonta Smith. You know, they do have a connection going back to college. I, and that's really the only reason I think about that. AJ Brown, I think he's kind of quarterback proof, very involved in this offense. And Dallas Godair, Good enough tight end that you kind of have to start him. Tight end landscape sucks. I agree. AJ Brown, a big body receiver, like he is the prototype that can help not great quarterbacks because you can just, you literally can just throw it up to him and he'll go make a play, you know? So um, I think AJ Brown's safe. Smith is, is risky in my opinion. Um, and Dallas, uh, good air. He's been a dominant tight end. Also, another type of player that's um, that's a great target for quarterbacks that aren't as talented. You know, and if Gardner Mitchell does start, he ain't scared to throw the ball downfield. So AJ Brown, honestly, for sure. he, yeah. he might have a, a great game if you know the the ball gets placed in the right spot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm curious what what is this college connection you're talking about between Minshew and Fonte Smith? Oh, not Minshew. I was talking about Jalen Hurts. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, so, Minshew and Devontae did not play together in any way. Yeah, so I think with, you know, with Hurts not being there, you know, it takes a hit for Smith. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. No, and that makes sense. I, I am in that same sentiment. Um, on the other side of the ball, you know, Eagles defense has been been tough all year. They're a great defense. Uh any concerns starting Dak, Zeke, Pollard, or C D this week against the Eagles. There should be plenty of concerns, right? I mean, Dak is, um, we were talking about this in the wave wire episode, or maybe it was before the episode, you know, Dak's thrown uh, plenty of interceptions since he came back from injury. Since he came back. Okay. Since he came back from injury, he has the most interceptions in the league. He's thrown 10 interceptions in the uh, eight games he's played since coming back from injury. Yeah, so I think he approaches offense with caution, right? Um, 
Tony Pollard. Dog. He's a dog. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he is a dog. I, yeah, I mean, I think you can start him. I don't think that you have to really be too concerned about it. Because um, even though he's been throwing the interceptions, the offense as a whole is still clicking. And everyone's still scoring points. Like, even going back to their game early in the year, I know Dak wasn't there. You would think that CD might have had a tough game. He had a solid game. He had ten targets, five catches, sixty-eight yards. He scored. He gave you ten points, so that's good. Um, in terms of like what that production is, and then Zeke. There's something about playing Philadelphia that Zeke just loves. Even against, even when they're good defenses, he tends to just have good games against them. Earlier in this season, he went for fifteen points. If you look at his matchups with them last year, he had twenty-five points in the game, and then he had. He only had nine in their second matchup, but for the most part, he tends to have these big games against Philly. So I think you're okay still starting everyone. The offense as a whole has been too explosive to completely ignore. Um, all right. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, let's move on to the final matchup of Christmas Eve. Uh, the Raiders taking on the Steelers on Saturday night football. Uh, the Steelers are two and a half point favorites. The over under is 38 and a half points. And my, oh my, it looks like we have some rough weather moving into the Pittsburgh area. Uh, we're going to have to see if Tyler, big Herbie Herbach is still breathing out there in the weather center studio. For our weather Saturday night football weather studio updates. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> <laughs> I can finally come inside after this. Thank God. Um, okay. Frozen. Kickoff in Pittsburgh. 10 degrees. Very, very cold. The real feel of negative nine. So extremely cold weather. Going to be 13 mile an hour winds with gusts up to 29 miles an hour. They are expecting a snow shower as well. So going to be pretty rough conditions. This is a, will actually be the coldest kickoff in Pittsburgh since 1989. Kind of surprising seeing how many bad weather games that they play in. Back to you, Jim. Uh, <laughs> yeah, never forget. <laughs> there we go. Uh, all right, we're back here in the studio. Uh, Darren Waller on the Raiders side of the ball returned from IR last week uh, and immediately had a productive game. He caught all three of his targets for 48 yards and a touchdown. Um, easy plug and play with Darren Waller this week, or are you a bit concerned? I I think he's an easy plug and play. It was his first week back after being activated from IR. He played roughly fifty percent of snaps, kind of like you said. You know, he caught all of his catches, three targets, and got a touchdown. Uh, his targets or not target his snap percentage should increase. Before he went down, he was playing eighty percent of snaps already. So, you know, seeing a six-target game, hopefully at least four catches out of Darren Waller, that makes my starting tight end. Um, Josh Jacobs, good to go. Devontae Adams, obviously. Um, Derek Carr. This will be interesting. This is probably the coldest game he's played in his career. I'm curious what Big Irby's got to say. Over-under on tears shed during the game for Derek Carr. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's you know it's it's gonna be be interesting i mean the cold weather certainly is gonna play a factor um and like initially you're thinking you know everyone every team is playing um this week so you shouldn't have to have to worry about it but then you know you add in the fact that jalen hurts isn't gonna play 
and you lost out on Kyler Murray, you know, the week before, like you might not have better options right now. So it's going to be tough. I think it's a toss up. Um, I think he's like right on. I think he's gonna be like right on the brink of being like a QB type one. I think you're gonna see him probably within the top fifteen overall, but I don't know if he's necessarily gonna give you you know the QB like seven or eight type numbers. Yeah, I'm with you. Definitely a starting tight end. And first of all, he's not gonna cry. <laughs> and and at least my quarterback talks to his family. So. <laughs> I don't give a shit uh, who he talks to. Just go out there and win some damn ball games. Um, they have um, been. They've won five of the last six. I know, I know, oh, I know, uh-huh. I know, I know, I know. Uh, but I paid a lot of money to be an owner of this team, so I'm going to need a little bit more. An um, owner of the Packers? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, your quarterback doesn't. Well, maybe we should talk to his fucking mom once in a while and win some games. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, on the Steelers side of the ball, Kenny Pickett practiced fully on Wednesday after missing last week's game with a concussion. Uh, head coach Mike Tomlin has already announced that he will be the starter against the Raiders. Uh, you're starting any wide receivers this week with Pickett at the helm. So uh, Deontay Johnson, George Pickett, and Pat Fryermuth. My gut reaction is no. And Pat Firemouth put up an absolute goose egg last week. Didn't do a goddamn thing. I'm not saying he's going to do that again this week because the Raiders have always been horrible against tight ends. But I'd feel iffy about this whole offense right now. And the Raiders' defense is not very good. But I just, especially if Kenny Pickett plays, I don't see this offense really moving the ball very well. I mean, Najee should be able to have a good game still. Um my initial reaction, I think I said this last week when we were weren't sure if whether it be Pickett or Trubisky making the making the start. I said that if Trubisky starts, I would be happily, you know, have Deontay Johnson in my in my lineup. But if it was Pickett, then I would then I would bench him. I had the kind of that same sentiment is that if Pickett's playing, I don't want Deontay Johnson in my lineup. He's more productive with Trubisky at the helm, even though the usage and the target share is relatively the same. The production off those throws are completely different. And so if Pickett gets the nod, then uh, no, I don't think you can really rely on a pass catcher. I will throw Fire Firemuth in there still, though, just because, you know, tight ends suck. And he's been consistent most of the year last week, you know, kind of being an anomaly. Yeah, I would. Uh, I think I have to agree. I wouldn't want to, uh, you know risk my chances of moving on to the championship on uh on Deontay or or George Pickens right now even though I think they're both really talented receivers it's just offense as a whole has not been great what about Najee Harris though been scoring some touchdowns lately um Jalen Warren's been getting a lot of run though as well I mean is Harris a must start he did miss practice Wednesday with a hip injury I mean, the the Raiders' run defense is not very strong. And Najee has been doing some good things and a pretty little bit amount of carries. So if Najee Harris does play, you, you definitely got to throw him in your lineup. At least, yeah. you know, double-digit points for sure. I, yeah, I think you, you have to. Um, ever since they, they came out that, you know, people are talking about them benching Najee, he's been a different runner. runner. He looks, you know, 
just kind of more juiced up. Like he's ready to go out there and actually play the game that he, you know, we thought he loved. So I think he's kind of showing what the reason why he was a first round draft pick and all this stuff. Um, I know, I mean, it's, he missed practice day with a hip injury, but it's the same hip he's been dealing with the last couple of weeks. So even though he was limited on Tuesday and didn't play Wednesday, and so it's technically a downgrade, I'm not that worried about him being able to play come Saturday. I feel like they probably use this as more of a rest day. Really? I mean, he's been playing hurt like all year because wasn't it a foot thing beginning of the yeah. year? Then he had like a plate taken out or something uh, in his foot. Um, and now it's the hip, but uh, yeah, I mean, just, I guess he's one of those guys you just have to put in and, and don't watch the game and just, you know, hope to God that the stat line comes through for you. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, even though he's scary. he's not been playing great, especially compared to last year, he is still you're the RB15 on the season. So he's still right. giving you enough production to be an RB2. Um, obviously, it's a drop-off from last year, but he's still worthy of being in your lineup every week. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that'll do it. We went through the whole onslaught and uh, even added a new weather guy to the team. So that's uh, <laughs> it sounds like a successful show to me. Um. We uh, will be covering all the Christmas Day games and the Monday night game, as well as our starts of the week on the next episode. So tune in uh, on Friday for that episode. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, you can catch us on Twitter at the FF Fathers and, uh, you know, hit a like, subscribe if you enjoy the show. Uh, we, we appreciate that very much. And we only accept ratings of five stars or higher so there's that goodbye (laughs) goodbye